This is Thriving Thoughts, the podcast that teaches you how to change your thoughts so you can change your life. I'm Dr. Sherry, clinical psychologist turned thoughtologist and truth teller. Welcome to season seven, where you'll learn to be gentle and deliberate with your words so that together we learn what it really means for women to encourage, uplift, and empower one another. Twice per week in five-minute episodes, we'll dissect popular phrases women say to one another, expose the lies hiding beneath their surface that perpetuate problematic ideals, and learn how to speak true encouragement so we uplift ourselves and others. Are you ready to speak truth over the lies and be an empowered woman who empowers other women? Start with this truth. A woman who changes her world changes the world. Let's go. Let's talk about a popular reference we tend to toss around without thought. Toxic people. In a 2018 New York Times Magazine article, author Lauren Euler writes, the use of such a convenient pop psychology framework to diagnose problems allows us to emphasize a clear, if worryingly permeable, boundary between good and bad, clean and tainted, harmed and harmful. By pointing out what external influences are poisoning us, we can avoid acknowledging the characterization's most unsettling truth. If so much around us is and has always been toxic, then we're definitely sick. Although the article is geared toward a discussion of the concept of toxic masculinity and its role in politics, her point is awakening. We have now appropriated the term toxic to any person who exhibits behavior we perceive as controlling, predatory, or offensive. Aren't we all, to varying degrees, controlling, predatory, and offensive? In particular, we've applied the term toxic to define the nature of a relationship or the nature of a person rather than the characteristics associated with either. Rather than separate choices from identity, we equate identity with choices. Have we lied? Well, then we are all liars. Have we cheated or stolen? We are cheaters and thieves. Have we failed to love others first? We are narcissists. Hannah Bear, in an article posted on The Guardian's website, said, For example, narcissistic personality disorder is so contested that it was almost removed from a 2013 edition of a Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, the official U.S. Psychiatric Disorders reference, partly because clinicians couldn't agree what exactly it is. References to psychopathy, like toxicity, pervade pop culture despite the fact that there is no such diagnosis in official psychiatric manuals. The clinical tools for assessing psychopathy are fishy, yet this clinical flimsiness hasn't diminished the concept's prevalence. When we attempt to become armchair diagnosticians of the people who present challenges to our friends, we're missing the opportunity to diagnose the real problem, our friend's failure to take responsibility for her choices and future of her life by focusing on developing herself. When we focus on the invented toxicity of others, alternatively, we excuse ourselves from setting and maintaining boundaries that honor who we are and who we aren't. No, we are not to blame for others' behaviors. That's always their choice, not ours, and nothing we say or do can earn or deserve what someone else chooses to do. Whether or not you tolerate it, however, and for how long, is your responsibility. You are not excused for your distress based on someone else's assigned toxicity. Your distress is a choice, as is their behavior. Bear writes, it's emotionally satisfying to blame other people for our distress. 
people actually get addicted to the feeling of grievance. When we placate a friend in attempt to encourage them by focusing on permanent and pervasive personality flaws of others, which are faultily contrived by our own perceptions, we discourage them from focusing on the truth, which happens to be the sixth pillar of a thriving thought world. You have agency over your life and all the happiness or distress that comes along with it. Stop convincing your friend that she's fragile. She and you are capable of evaluating yourself and asking hard questions. Say, yes, this hurts. Now, let's see what we can learn from it. I don't recommend having this conversation in the crisis of hurt. Simply validate and be there. But don't make the mistake of perpetuating the lie that the offender is to blame for your friend's distress because they have immutable personality flaws and if people like them didn't exist, they wouldn't have been hurt. You have agency to define who you are and who you aren't. And so does your friend. When we know our worth, we establish unspoken laws of acceptable and unacceptable behavior. Not of what others should or shouldn't do, but of what behavior we will choose to be around. Sure, toxic behaviors will present in your life without permission and without warning. Instead of blaming your friend's distress on a betrayal by a toxic boss, loved one, family member, or ex, ask them what they're learning. Not about others, but about themselves. In my book, Breakup Breakthroughs, I share that I learned how much toxicity I permitted to pervade my life, how I was the one who paid the price, and ultimately I was responsible for changing it. Blame produces nothing but continued hurt. Responsibility produces healing and change. Share the love and share the show. Until next time, speak truth over lies and you will thrive.